Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, please go to Mark chapter 11. Today's message, I'm excited. You, you guys are in for a treat. I'm going to walk through a few things, and then I'm going to invite a couple people up to share some testimony. How many of you love testimony? Okay. Well, the rest of you can just leave then, and those who just raised their hand, you can stick around. How many of you love testimony? Yes, we have some of that uh, coming our way here today. Bless the Lord. I'm excited. The message today is just simply entitled, Save Us, because that is what these people were shouting on the day of Palm Sunday. You know, every year, approximately two million people would gather at Jerusalem for the Passover. And so as Jesus was coming to this city, Jerusalem, this was a city that was just full and full of people. It's estimated that up to 100,000 people took part in this triumphal entry procession of Jesus Christ. That's interesting because that's nearly five times the size of the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Holds about 20,000 people. How many of you know of some kind of event going on down in Dallas today? Any Hawkeye fans in the house? If you're not a Hawkeye fan, how many of you are actually cheering for the Hawkeyes today? Yes, we can all get behind Iowa, that's for sure. A lot of commotions going to be going on down there. You know, it's interesting too is I feel like this whole tournament and Iowa's pursuit of a title, it all kind of seems to center around one person, doesn't it? I know there's other good athletes on the team, but if I just said, just say your name, what's her name? Caitlin Clark, Clark, right? I mean, if she walks into the building, the place goes nuts, Right? If she walked in here today, how many of you would start whispering some things? Okay? It's kind of a big deal right now. Okay? Enough about Iowa. Enough about Caitlin Clark. I just use that as an example here. Jesus was getting to be a pretty big deal. And the crowds were starting to show up. They were very interested in this man, and they believed that he was going to take them all the way, right? Victory was going to come through this man. They were tired of the oppression of Rome, and Jesus was their king, and he had come to conquer these enemies. They were going to be set free, and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king, and their view of what they were saying to say salvation, save us now, is a physical one. They wanted this oppression gone, but deep down inside of their heart, there was an oppression that Jesus was coming to conquer that is so much greater than national things. So much greater than Rome. There's a lot of tension going on at this time, especially for these religious leaders. They were trying to contain and control this situation. You can imagine a huge crowd like that showing up. And if we stir up a rebellion now, then Rome's going to get kind of involved in this. This could go really bad. How do we handle things with Jesus here? 
So this is quite a moment that we're going to walk through here today. We know Jesus rode in on a donkey, which was prophesied about in the book of Zechariah. And this was to indicate that Jesus had not come to reign but to die. And there's about 500 years that had transpired between when Zechariah gave that prophecy until its fulfillment, which is what we're about to read in Mark 11. They're waving palm branches, and these branches symbolized joy and victory and celebration and praise. They are pumped up for this king. And the spreading of their coats on the road was an expression that they were submitting to this king. This is who we want as our leader. And Hosanna means save now. They were asking for salvation. And in their minds, though, again, they weren't thinking sin. They were thinking Rome. So as all this comes together, let's get in to the Word. This is Mark 11, starting in verse 1. As Jesus and His disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, what are you doing, just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left. They found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. And as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing untying that colt? And then they said what Jesus told them to say. I just think that encounter is kind of interesting, don't you? If anybody asks, just say, The Lord needs it, and we'll return it. And they're like, Okay. It might be how we start borrowing stuff now, huh? <laughs> well, so they permitted them to take it. Verse 7, Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and He sat on it. And many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of Him, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. And Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were saying, Praise God, and blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heavens. Other translations saying, Hosanna. So Jesus came to Jerusalem, and he went into the temple, and after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon, and then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. You can just imagine the roar and the significance of this moment. You know, here's the truth of what Jesus brings into our life. The most important thing that Jesus can save us from is sin. And we live in a sin-cursed world, and when we're born into this world, we're born sinners. And we're in opposition to God. Even though He loves us, we're in opposition to Him because of the curse of sin. 
That is the number one thing that Jesus wants to save you from, is sin. But I also believe that that Jesus saves us in other ways. Do you agree with that? I mean, you can be saved from sin, but you can also be caught and stuck in the bondage of sin even though you're a believer in Jesus Christ. So He can save us from the things that that we're walking through, the things that we're going through. We might be in a situation that is just incredibly heavy. We have no idea how we're going to walk through this. And we're like, Lord, I need your help. In a roundabout way, you're asking God to save you from the circumstance that you're going through. God brings salvation through Christ into our lives in a variety of ways. And this is where I'm excited to just let somebody brag on God and the salvation that he brings. And so at this time, I want to invite up Eddie and Ken. Would you please come up? And they're going to share with you some testimony in regards to God's salvation. Eddie's going to share about how God saved his life. He'll also speak into how God saved Johnny's life, who we just baptized and dedicated. And then we're going to also lay that before you. And how is God wanting to minister to your heart in light of the testimony that they're going to bring? And so these mics are for you guys. Lord bless you as you share with us. Thank you. I always say it's really nice to have Eddie here because I can just say, here's Eddie. Here's Eddie. Good morning, everyone. I have the honor and the privilege to be here this morning with you from all, all the way from Haiti. And this morning, I, I feel we are serving the same Lord, and we are praying the same Lord, and it's very grateful. As I say, my name is Edward Constant, but my friend called me Eddie. I, I have with me here Schneider from Haiti as well. He's one of the biggest boys who graduated from the orphanage. He's here with us. He will be in Orlando for six months to study DDS, Discipleship Training School. And we pray the Lord for that. I'm married. I have four children and 200 more. (laughs) (laughs) I want to share with you this morning a short testimony about my life. I was born in a very remote area in Haiti. with a very poor family, and a very poor family. We have lack of food, lack of education, lack of clean water, and it was very miserable. A single mom with 12 kids, it was very struggle for us. But I had a great grandmother, 
who show me a lot of compassion, love, and how to love people and to love Jesus. And now today I realize even I was, I don't have anything, but I had everything. When I started going, my family couldn't take care of me. I was sending to the orphanage. It's a big orphanage in south of Haiti. 800 boys living together. I can tell you life in orphanage is not pleasant. Nobody here been raised in the orphanage. I am, I can tell you. It's very difficult with many kids from different family, different background, and all want you do what he wants to do. It was very hard on me. But that's at the place where I've got education. I have a shelter on my head, and I was feeding, and I met a lot of good people like you from all over the world. And that's where I really have a relationship with Jesus. Even my grandma always took me to the church, but I go because my grandma asked me, you have to go. That's really changed my life. And I don't do anything for that. It's through people like you. And when I grow up, I decide to do the same. This seed that I have planted in my heart need to be spread out. And that the way I... So whether you're born in the mountains up in Camp Array or abandoned on the streets in Lakai or live in cold northwest Iowa, we all need to make the, the choice. What are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with the cross? And it's fun to be able to, like Eddie said, to share the same gospel, the same songs, whether we're here or 2,500 miles away. Uh, we all worship the same God. So thank you for having us here today. I want to invite everybody here to stand, and I want to encourage the worship team to come forward. And as you're standing, I want to invite the prayer team, the elders, to also come forward. And we're just going to spend here this, this time in worship. And if there's something that's on your heart, something that was said today by Eddie, or Ken, or any moment in this service that God is putting on your heart that you'd like prayer, please come see our prayer team. We want to pray with you. And I'm going to pray here uh, to just enter us into this time of response and just ask the Lord's blessing. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for what your spirit has been doing here today. And Lord, I believe with all my heart that there is somebody listening right now that as Eddie shared of your salvation, as Ken shared about making a decision, making a choice, and as I shared that the most important thing that Jesus can save us from is from sin, and that we can enter into this relationship with God Almighty through what Christ has done for us on the cross. There's somebody listening right now 
that desires that salvation. The Spirit has put it on your heart to receive Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to pray with me right now and ask for Jesus to come into your life. Ask for Him to forgive you. Just simply pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Save me from my sin. I'm calling on you as you're the only one who can redeem me. Today I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. And by your grace I put my faith and trust in what you've done for me on the cross. You've paid the penalty of my sin. And you've given me new life. Today I receive that. I receive you. Thank you for this gift of salvation. And help me to walk with you. Help me to live in obedience to the Word of God and to your Spirit. I thank you for this grace today extended toward me. Father, for all of us listening, there's things we go through, there's things that are on our heart, there's things that are on our mind, things that are weighing on us. We call out to the one who can save. We ask for your grace to minister to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen.